Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Today's story is The Midnight Visitor. Everything had been dark and quiet for several hours on the mission compound where Bruce lived with his parents in Central Africa. The wind ruffled the curtains at the half-opened window and touched the mosquito netting that hung over the bed. Suddenly, Bruce stirred in his sleep and awoke, wide-eyed and listening. He sat up in bed and pulled the light blanket up under his chin. He felt the goose pimples creeping over him. What had awakened him? Then he heard voices coming from the living room. Surely his parents weren't having company at that hour of the night, or was it morning? It must be after midnight, he thought. He'd been asleep for quite a while. He listened again. There were other noises besides the sounds of voices. Noises coming from a distance, brought into his room on the breeze that ruffled the curtain at the window. There was the steady thud, 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 as if someone were cutting down trees with an axe. There was the ring of metal on metal. There was the sound of shouting and crying. Above it all, Bruce could hear the pounding of his own heart. He tossed back the bed covers, pulled up the mosquito netting that had been tucked under the mattress, and slipped from under the net. Glancing toward the window, he saw a flame of light reach up into the sky. Fire, he said in a hoarse whisper as another flame shot up. His throat felt tight. There were fires at Malampando Village about two miles from the mission. At that time of the year, the grass was tender dry. But in a moment, Bruce realized the fires were not brush fires. The fires were being lighted by a mob. The shouting and crying noises were louder now. The thudding sounds were plainer. They were made by axes felling trees. The ring of metal upon metal was made by spears and knives hitting against the steel telephone poles. The sounds were coming closer. The mob was coming toward the mission. Bruce felt glued to the spot. He wanted to cry out, but no sound came. He wanted to run, but where? Who was in the living room? Where were his mother and dad? Then he remembered hearing the talk that trouble was brewing. What was the trouble? He hadn't paid too much attention. His parents had been calm about the rumors. But now he remembered the words of the district commissioner, who had been talking to Daddy a few days before. He had said, You missionaries better go over to the tea estate at Makwasa if you don't want to barricade the mission or carry arms. You'll be safe over there. Daddy had replied, Thank you, sir, but we are barricaded at the mission. The angel of the Lord will be our protection. Everyone knows we do not dabble in politics, but are here to bring the people a better way of life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But now the mob was coming toward the mission. Bruce turned and saw the door of the living room opening. With a sigh of relief, he saw Daddy coming toward him. The light from the living room streamed across the hall and into his room. Bruce felt better now. Daddy was with him. He was safe. Daddy put his arm across Bruce's shoulder. Dress quickly, son. There is a little trouble among the people, but I want you to remember the promises of God's word. Lo, I am with you always. And another that says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He smiled down at Bruce and added, God's promises never fail. Daddy, are the villagers setting fires? Bruce asked as he began to dress. Yes, son. We may have to leave the mission. The other missionaries are here at our house. We are planning what is best to do. I want you to stay close by me. I will need your help. So that was the reason for the lights and the voices from the living room. Would they all have to leave their homes? Where would they go in the middle of the night? What could he do to help Daddy? 
Take this, Daddy was saying. It is a little chilly. He handed Bruce his sweater. Bruce could feel the goose pimples all over again. He gave a little shiver. Then he put his hand in Daddy's, and they went to the living room. There were John and Anne and Mike and Randy and the Webster baby, and all the mothers and fathers. The children seemed to be hanging on to their parents. Bruce thought they all looked a little scared. He tried to smile at his best friend, Randy. And what was that promise Daddy had repeated? Lo, I am with you. Bruce knew God was his heavenly father. If Daddy had told him to stick close to him, he knew God would want him to stick even closer to him. He sent up a prayer. Please, God, keep us all from harm and danger and bless all our friends around the mission. Bruce looked over at the Webster baby asleep in its mother's arms. Why, that was how he should feel about God, safe and protected. God would keep them all safe. He looked around to see if all the missionaries were there. Two of the men were not there. Bruce reached up to tap Daddy on the arm and ask him about the men, but Daddy took the Bible from the bookshelf, and before Bruce could ask the question, Daddy said, Friends, let's read a psalm full of promise. Bruce listened. He knew the psalm Daddy was reading. It was the 91st psalm. He knew some of the verses by heart. He could almost follow along with Daddy. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Daddy stopped reading and closed the book. Just then, the door opened and the two missionaries walked in. Bruce had never seen the men look so radiant before. Thank God for his protection, one of the men said. Yes, we've just witnessed a miracle. God's ways are beyond our understanding, the other added. What miracle did you see, Bruce asked. Yes, tell us, what miracle, several others urged. Well, one man began, you know we went up to the mission gate to see if we could all leave without calling any attention to ourselves. When we reached the gate, we realized that the mob was not far away and was coming toward the mission property. We knew it would be useless for us to come back and tell you to take the road away from town. It stops at the Broadshire River, and there is no way to cross other than by the train bridge. We were trapped. There was no earthly place to turn. And then the mob was at the gate. We hid in the tall bushes. We saw the bundles of grass for thatching we had stacked at the gate start to burn. The sign over the mission gate caught fire, but the mob rushed around the far side and started down the road. And then it happened, the other missionary interrupted. What? Bruce asked. What happened? He saw the men's eyes light up and a smile on their faces such as Bruce had never seen before. A voice spoke. A voice spoke as plainly as I am speaking to you. Only it was in the Sinyanja language, so that the people could understand. The voice said, Do not touch the mission. Bruce gasped. An angel? Was it an angel? The missionary looked down at the boy. This I know. The mob turned and left the mission. They went down the road toward the tea estate. It must have been an angel, Bruce said. Doesn't the Bible say, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them? All the others nodded, and Daddy said, Let us kneel and thank God for his protection and for the midnight visitor.
The story you've heard today was first published as part of the Vacation Bible School program in the book God's World by the Review and Herald Publishing Association and the General Conference Sabbath School Department. If you are interested in any other products published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.